Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. They already convicted Elizabeth Holmes of fraud. Now federal prosecutors are in a second Theranos trial. They're zeroing in on Holmes's former business partner and ex-boyfriend, Sonny Balwani. Mr. Balwani is not a nice guy. Uh, he's a guy with a short temper, a short fuse. He could be really hard on employees. And, you know, Mr. Balwani is very sorry about that. But that's not fraud. It's always Sonny and Balwani. Part one, let's go. Welcome back to Fraudsters, where we deep dive into the minds of the greatest con artists of all time. If you're a lion hustling, no good huckster, we're coming for you. I'm your co-host, Cena Gaznavi, along with Ariel Lieti and Justin Williams. Follow me on all the socials at Cena Now. Follow Justin Williams on Instagram or Facebook at Justin underscore Williams underscore comedy. And follow <laughs> Ariel on Twitter or Instagram at Ariel Lieti. Oh my God, guys. I'm so excited. We uh, um, got done with some pop music fraud. Uh, and uh, now we're into some more like pop science fraud, it seems like that. <laughs> Weird science. Weird science. Did you see that movie? No, but I know about it. Ah, uh, Justin. You know I haven't I, seen anything. I know, I know. Justin and I can, I don't even know if Justin's seen it, but I know he has. And yeah, I know Kelly it was seminal. Yeah, man. It was Steven uh, Seagal's, Seagal's ex Seagal's. wife. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if Justin starts. If Justin starts walking through the plot of Weird Science, and we're just gonna we're gonna leave Ariel all in the, the dust there. Yeah, all so confused. Fine. Well, it's like classic uh, '80s like gender politics. It's like, what would you do if you had a computer that could make a human? It's like, I'd make a hot chick that's totally sexy. <laughs> Big like, old knockers, blonde hair. Yeah, I assume yeah. that's what like, she looked like. Just, just doesn't age well. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. All right, Ariel, you want to take us into the mind and the adventure that is Sonny Balwani? Oh, the adventure that is Sonny Balwani. So today, our fraudster is Ramesh Balwani, everyone. The man behind the woman, behind the male voice, and the Theranos scandal. So a quick refresher in case you haven't seen the HBO doc about Theranos called The Inventor Out for Blood in Silicon Valley, or the Hulu series starring Amanda Seyfried and Naveen Andrews, or read any of the thousands of articles covering the incredible story of Theranos, here we go. So founded in 2003 by 19-year-old Elizabeth Holmes, Theranos was a health technology company that aimed to revolutionize healthcare by offering the ability to extract vast amounts of data from a single drop of blood. Yes, I said she's 19, and I feel like that should have been a red flag for everyone involved, <laughs> but here we are. More importantly, it would detect cancer biomarkers, allowing patients the ability to get treatment earlier and save countless lives. So let's be clear. She was saying, I have a machine that will tell your future from a drop of blood. She was able to somehow convince investors to pour billions in their company based on fake demonstrations. She became the youngest and richest self-made female billionaire in America in 2015, according to Forbes. The following year, it would revise her net worth to zero. <laughs> 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 
Imagine that meeting. So, um, uh, let's bad. Say, yeah. Uh, are we going to say that she's zero? We just, we put her everywhere last year. That was last year. Mark it is, down. Mark it down. <laughs> this is a new year. You remember oh how you, God. like, we're worth a billion dollars? It turns yeah. out that you are now the brokest person in America, actually. <laughs> You're broke. Your, but, <laughs> your student loans are recalled now. That's what's that's what we are now. But this story is actually about our boy Ramesh, or Sonny, as he nicknamed himself. At the trial, Elizabeth said Sonny was coercing her. It was an abusive relationship that she was under his control. Some of that are legal tactics, sure. Because at sentencing, Judge Davia said this. This was not a pursuit of. It's not like other wire fraud cases where an individual sought riches to buy yachts, cars, and all of those things and to live a lavish lifestyle. The tragedy of this case is that Miss Holmes is brilliant. She had creative ideas. She is a big thinker. She was a woman moving into an industry that was dominated by, and let's face it, male ego. That young women entrepreneurs are regrettably denied access to, but she made that. She made that. She got into that world. So what was it that caused... Was it intoxication, as I said, with the fame? We know the record shows that the misrepresentation, there were many. The text between Ms. Holmes and Mr. Balwani supported the jury's finding of the conspiracy. I don't know. I'm just like sort of skeptical of this. And it's not that I don't think Sonny was manipulative in things. I think it just kind of lets her off the hook for like, I agree, sort of like girl boss stuff in a way yes. that I find kind of like very troubling. It, it's like, it's, it's like, it'd be like the judge in New Jack City saying that Nino Brown comes from a marginalized community and he had to sell crack as a way to become an entrepreneur and therefore he becomes a sympathetic character in some way. It's like this person's still a criminal. And it's also like, it also denies the fact that those sympathies are something that Elizabeth Holmes could have used to her advantage in order to gain the trust of her investors, right? It's like, yes. that's her con. It's like sympathy for like Anna Delvey. It's like, mm-hmm. this person is sympathetic precisely because of the whole con, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's for me, it just seems like a legal tactic. Uh, we'll get into the text messages later and stuff, but there doesn't seem like a lot that's in there. Obviously, we don't know the context. It's just text messages. But to your points, like you can't have it both ways. You can't be this vulnerable person that's being taken advantage of and also be this incredibly big thinker, like, you know, powerful leader. Sure, there's probably some gray area, but I, I just I don't think it's that clear. It's definitely I don't know, Sina, a little bit of both. Girl bosses get taken advantage of, too. <laughs> I am sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's also like she's building a billion dollar like company it's not like american hustle where it's a politician that's doing something illegal to like get jobs back to atlantic city like there's no real altruism here it's like it's about becoming a billionaire yeah it's money hungry <laughs> yeah it's and it's like at the expense it, it, of sick people yeah yeah absolutely right i i, I saw i have trouble like blaming the brown guy in the story yeah. for everything too i agree i'm there with you So Sonny actually got more prison time and was a creature of the tech industry. I believe he knew what levers to pull that helped Elizabeth Holmes get to the top of that Forbes list. And I'm not taking anything away from her innate scamming prowess. She's as bonkers as they get. And her powers are real. And we should know that. But Sonny shined a light on her. He was the catalyst that helped her get big. So let's get into it. Born in Pakistan to a wealthy family who later immigrated to India, his birthday is, let's just say, 1965. I don't know. I can't find it. I don't know what it says about a research-based podcast, but this is where we're at, okay? He attended a primary school or elementary school to you Americans that had been designated by British colonizers for the youths of good families. I assume that means wealthy families who are loyal to the crown. What do I know? Sonny was a portly gentleman who stood at 5'4", but made up for it by screaming at people. Balwani's (laughs) family was Hindu, but Pakistan is mostly a Muslim country, so they moseyed on down to India at some point for more freedom. Perhaps you heard of some religious tension in that region. So there is religious tension, for sure. Uh, Not as much as I thought, at least initially, but it also made me think, uh, my last name is Ghaznavi, right? Ghaznavi, if you want to get real Persian about it. I don't know if you know this, but my last name is an ancient Persian king. Mm. And this king 
was a Muslim king and he tried to conquer India 13 times. And he attacked India and failed every single time. And about 10 years ago, I'm home for Thanksgiving and we're seeing on CNN, Pakistan is testing a new missile. And, you know, they have tensions with India, a lot of tensions. And do you know what's written on the side of this missile? Gaznavi. Yikes. And so, and so, it's literally your fault. <laughs> and I was like, Dad, why is our last name on the side of this missile? Life is already very uncomfortable as it is. And so, uh, yeah, that's what made me think of the tensions between the Muslims and the Hindu population, especially between Pakistan and India. I actually saw a movie about your family history. Uh, I, he was, uh, Gaznavi was actually an eight foot tall, bald Brazilian that I believe, in addition to trying to conquer India, had some trouble with the Spartans. 300 of them, to be exact. It's 300? Oh, that's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that was the documentary. Was that right? Is that the doc? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah, Kid yeah. Burns thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did not see that movie. <laughs> But I saw the commercials, so I remember they would kick somebody so into a ditch. Yeah. 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 This is Sparta. Sparta. I remember that. I'll never forget it. That's all and I got. A bar fight. Kick him <laughs> in the chest. Yell, this is Sparta. Kick him in the chest. <laughs> so Sonny first moved to America in 1987 to attend the University of Texas at Austin, where he enrolled in undergraduate studies. He attended the college for around four years, but left early after he got a job as a software engineer at a company called Lotus. You know what I'm sick of hearing about? The internet. The internet. The internet. The internet. What are you doing? Surfing the web. Nice hair. Solarized pictures of dead, fat rock stars. UFOs. A zillion dollars worth of technology, and what are we doing with it? Browsing. Here's an idea. Use the internet for something useful, like running a business, okay? All right? No kids, no chat rooms, no smiley face. Just raw, naked, in your face. Your face. Capitalism. You want to so, <laughs> Dennis Leary. Oh, so I'm being harassed by <laughs> Dennis Leary telling me I'm using the internet wrong? Which, okay. This commercial is from 1996 about Lotus Notes. That's the company Lotus, right? And what I love here is that what he's talking about is you could just say it today. Everything is the same. It's just people yeah. doing bullshit on the internet and Dennis Leary yelling at them for like <laughs> just looking at cat pictures. It's <laughs> 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 I know. I just want to watch these videos. I don't know why you're harassing me about it. Yeah, I want to learn yeah. more about UFOs. Remember when Dennis Leary was the iconoclast white guy, like in everything, like in Dem Demolition Man and every commercial? Like he really was like freaking was huge. huge there for a while. Yeah. He was out yeah. Here. All you got to do is just, you know, take Bill Hicks's entire persona. And <laughs> you too. <laughs> you too can be huge. <laughs> <laughs> After that, he got a job at Microsoft in the sales department, although he would tell people he worked in web development. He wouldn't get his bachelor's degree until 1997 from Stanford. In 99, he joined a startup called Commerce Bid, headed by Israeli entrepreneur Liron Petrushka. At the time, Commerce Bid was developing a software program that would enable companies to pit their suppliers against each other in live online auctions to secure economies of scale and lower prices. It went public later that year, and the stock immediately tripled in value less than a year later. The startup reportedly had only three clients testing its software and barely any revenue, but fooled Commerce One to purchase. <laughs> Wait, but it's like... That's legal. That's fine. It's almost like that's, it's so strange. It's encouraged. Yeah. That's like good <laughs> American business. We tricked you. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I want a shirt that says that good American business. We tricked you. <laughs> well, Bawani would cash out in less than a year of its IPO with a $40 million paycheck even though he would stay at the company for another two years. His bio came five months before the dot-com bubble popped and the stock market crashed. Commerce One eventually filed for bankruptcy and Balwani came out seemingly unscathed since he already sold his shares in the company. They later went out of business in 2006. Man, he got that off. He just <laughs> left. It's just imagine the fire, like you're like, Hmm, I think this house is going to be set on fire pretty soon. I'm going to go ahead and take all the jewelry out of here. Yeah. And then it set on fire. 
fantastic. Well, Bawani was not satisfied with his new incredible fortune. He didn't want to lose any of it to taxes. So he hired the accounting firm BDO Sideman, who arranged for him to invest in a tax shelter. This move generated an artificial tax loss of $41 million to offset his commerce bid gains of $40 million while eliminating his tax liability. It's so weird. Like the extra million was just to make sure that he covered all of his bases instead of writing that. I guess maybe he had a little bit, just wanted to be sure. But a $40 million write down, $41 million write down is insane. Incredible. What a guy. That's like what Donald Trump writes off, right? Oh, way more. Yeah, okay. Yeah, (laughs) way more. When the IRS looked into the business practices in 2004, Balwani's activity was flagged by their system, and he was made to pay back the millions in back taxes he owed. Balwani, of course, sued BDO, claiming that the firm misled him. Oh, he's so innocent, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) They ended up settling out of court on undisclosed terms. Can you believe? Imagine <laughs> suing a company because they weren't <laughs> scammy enough. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I can. This man seems like he would do that. This is like kind of his vibe. Well, you told me we were going to rip the government off. You didn't tell me they were going to be upset about us. You ripping told me them the, off. the IRS was going to come after me, you bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Well, somewhere around this time, Bawani married a woman named Keiko Fujimoto. We don't know when. My man does not kiss and tell, y'all. They lived in San Francisco and divorced in 2002. At least we know that the year of their divorce. It's actually the same year he would meet an 18-year-old crazy-eyed lunatic named Elizabeth Holmes, who was in Beijing as part of an immersive Mandarin program from Stanford. Bawani was 37 at the time. I like that we know less about Sonny Balwani than we do, like, a Dominican Little League player that's, like, a dominant <laughs> pitcher. No years, really. He, yeah. he generally gets his money back somehow. It's just a lot of mystery. He has a 100-mile-per-hour fastball, but he says he's a fourth grader. He's 6'2". <laughs> Rough well, birth Well, we know date. he's 5'7". Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. We know that. Short king. So in 2004, Sonny graduated from UC Berkeley with an MBA. When did he start going there? A literal mystery. The next year, he starts a four-year computer science graduate program at Stanford. I mean, what else is this guy going to do? Theranos was started by Elizabeth Holmes somewhere around this time. She convinced her Stanford professor, Channing Robertson, of her idea and recruited him as the first board member. Robertson put Holmes in touch with venture capitalists, and she had raised $6 million in capital by the end of 2004. Girl boss, girl boss, girl boss. (laughs) Theranos was a startup that promised revolutionary technology, including its medical equipment that could run over 200 medical tests with just a drop of a patient's blood. But no such medical equipment existed. Most companies try to sell a product that exists. Most companies on our show take a different path. The company was started in 2003 by a 19-year-old Holmes, and not too long after that, again, the dates are fuzzy, because we know how Sonny likes to do it, keep it mysterious, Balwani (laughs) invests $13 million of his own money in the company and becomes the COO and president. He became COO and president in 2009, and we're used to these stories happening at lightning speed, but the story of Theranos is a slow burn. By 2011, all the right people were coming on board. Holmes met former U.S. Secretary of State George Shultz, and he became a board member. His connections then helped grow the board over the next few years to include influential people from politics and business. So this is when I think stuff gets real intense, when like the military industrial complex starts putting their, you know, putting putting their hands in and being like, we, we support this, you know? Yikes. Another former Secretary of State, Henry Kissinger, joined. War Former, criminal. I mean, yeah, just a little light war criminal in, also involving a swinger. themselves. Oh, Big swinger. Okay. Yeah. Oh, really God. uncomfortable. It would be very good if I was <laughs> having sex with your wife. Oh, I don't like it. No. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> Former Secretary of Defense William Perry, General Jim Mattis, even the CEO of Wells Fargo, Richard Kovakovich. 
investments from famous families poured in. $150 million from the Waltons, $120 million from the Murdochs, $100 million from Betsy DeVos, who would later go on to buy a position in Trump's cabinet. By the way, we should do a whole season on Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo gets caught doing something illegal every month <laughs> or, or like like racial discrimination. It's not even a like I'm like, is this place even a bank? They're getting caught that much all the time. They're doing awful things like they they made up all those fake accounts where they had the people making those things. I don't. And it's like, who who is the one that's responsible? That's what's yeah. so crazy. Is it they just, always pay like a $15 million fine. It's like nothing. Yeah. God. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to attempt to untangle just when things between Balwani and his child bride turned romantic interest. Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Welcome back to Fraudsters. And before the break, we were talking about the army of power and money that Theranos was growing on its board of directors and investor list. All this money is enough to make you randy now. Let's pivot to one of the greatest love stories of our time, the couple known as Holwani. The exact date that things turned romantic between Balwani and Holmes is disputed, and we don't know when he and his wife were married. The man likes his secrets. Maybe they never dated. Perhaps they just thought that the pairing would make for a better story. In fact, we don't even know when or why Balwani started going by the name Sonny. On divorce papers from 2002, he signed his name as Vermesh. But by 2012, he was signing legal documents as Sonny. To give us some insight into his mind, here are some of Sonny's tweets from 2012. Philip Petit, start gluing feathers to your arms, take off fly and start seeing things from a different perspective. Hashtag mm. Ted. Oh, he's at the Ted conference here on March 1st, 2012. Oh, okay. That's like the worst Ted talk ever is to start gluing <laughs> feathers to yourself and try to fly. Like that's not good advice. Who let that person give a Ted talk? The most inspiring talk of Ted so far by God of certainty, Philip Petit. He's a quote, when you see mountains, remember mountains can be moved. <laughs> wow. mm. Foreshadowing. What is this TED Talk on, on like things that aren't true? <laughs> Fraud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> TED Talk sucks. TED Talk is about fraud. Oh, here we go. Seth Godin. This is, he quoted Seth Godin. Quote, if failure isn't an option, then success isn't either. Success is just failure repeated until it works. Well, buddy. <laughs> well, 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 he never gets it to work. Spoiler alert. 
<laughs> oh, then he's got one from Tony Robbins. If you're unhappy right now, it's because you're not controlling the focus of your mind. At Tony Robbins. Hashtag power talk. Woo! <laughs> Yuck. I hate his Twitter. He's very, like, grind set mindset, and I don't yeah. like it. I would never yeah. follow this man. You know, it's yeah. so gross. Yuck. And there's, like, no engagement, too. <laughs> and there's no profile photo. <laughs> not a like. Not a number. Yeah, he has one retweet. Uh, out of all those things. So his internet sucks even. (laughs) He's not good at internet. Bad at internet. I was going to say, these are very 2012 tweets, so I'll give him that. Yeah. Yeah. So Holmes moved into Balwani's Palo Alto home in the summer of 2005. But again, the exact date is fuzzy, okay? They had a job to do, though. Weird sex that doesn't make any sense to the people around you aside, Theranos was in full swing trying to revolutionize how medical data is collected. The machine they invented for this purpose was nicknamed Edison, because when you want to gain trust, just use someone else's name that people are into. It's how the Lincoln Project was able to build so much money from progressives in 2020. And here is some rare footage of Sonny talking about Theranos in 2014. Oh yeah. And uh, wish her the best. Uh, but we will invite Sonny Malwali, uh, president and chief operating officer of Theranos, oh, shit, and let us know what is going on in uh, in healthcare innovation in your world. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Um, I'm chairman and honorable members of the committee. Thank you for inviting us here. For the record, my name is uh, Sonny Balwani, and I represent uh, Theranos Inc. It's a company based out of Silicon Valley, California, and we are rapidly growing our presence here in this great state of Arizona. Uh, For last decade, uh, a group of 300 to 400 scientists and engineers, we have been working on something that we are very excited to share with you, and something that we believe is magical. uh, That's gonna improve the quality of care and reduce the uh, cost burden on the taxpayers. Uh, We have, been working with a mission to make actionable information accessible to physicians and patients when at the time it matters the most. One one thousandth the size of the normal draw today. So today when you go to a laboratory when they draw out two or three or four or five vials of blood, we are able to provide majority of the testing from only two to three drops of blood. Now you can take those drops of blood using uh, usual venipuncture but most likely patients will prefer a simple finger stick. Oh, two to three drops, not even a single. Okay. We add in drops now. <sighs> Why not? It doesn't work regardless, so. It's literally fine. We actually have some more footage for you guys of Sonny Balwani. Uh, believe it or not, he crashed into an island and they got this rare footage of him, him and all of these, his crewmates. It's pretty crazy. Listen to this. This is a Frosters exclusive. We were able to find this footage. It's incredible. Exclusive, exclusive. This is Australia. This is us. Nice stick. Two days ago, we take off from Sydney. We fly along <laughs> the same northeast route every commercial airliner bound for Los Angeles does. Now, the pilot, he said he lost communication with the ground, correct? Yeah, six hours in. He turned around and headed for Fiji. So we Mm. changed course. Regrettably, no one knew we changed course. The turbulence hit. (laughs) Wait, is that Sonny doing his network television debut on Lost? (laughs) Yes. Uh, That's Naveen Andrews from Lost, uh, who Naveen Andrews also plays Sonny Balwani in The Dropout. I was going to say, um, wow, Sina, we're just like saying that Indian men look like other Indian men and just, <laughs> just clicking on any video. I was, I didn't know where this was going. Okay, I get it We now. can make, even if we wanted to do it, we could do those jokes. We're allowed. We're okay. allowed. All right. Uh, this is incredible. I love that Naveen Andrews was in Lost and he was also Sonny Balwani. Notice the leadership he really showed in that clip. Really incredible. He really rallied the troops over at Lost. Yeah, it was it was really good. I didn't know Sonny Balwani knew the black guy from um, the Romeo and Juliet from the 90s and also the guy in the wheelchair from Oz. Harold Piriou. Oh, yes. God, Oz. So we've made so many Oz references on this show, I feel like. 
This is what happens when you have me on a podcast. I just want to talk about the show. <laughs> <laughs> Same though. It should be its own show. All right. So we actually have some real clips of Naveen Andrews talking about playing Sonny. And I don't know if you remember from our Anna Delvey series, we had Ariane Moyad on who talked about being playing the lawyer that represented Anna Delvey. So this tracks people, this tracks. This is what we're trying to do, get into the minds of these people and who better to ask or find some clips of talking about getting in the mind of Sonny Balwani than the actor who played him. Let's go to some clips of Naveen Andrews here. Was there anything that struck you about playing Sonny that that you didn't know or didn't pick up on in seeing all of the things that were in the headlines? A certain kind of confidence um, that if I had even one sixteenth of that uh, confidence, I might be slightly happier than I actually am. Or dangerous, I don't know, mm, right? You, you never do. Yo, can I just say, whenever, I always forget when these actors are British. I yeah. always forget it's when always they shocking. have a British accent. You ever see, uh, oh man, some of these shows, there was that show with uh, Claire Danes um, and there was like, she was like the spy. Every actor in that show is British. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's also funny when they have like very ethnic, uh, you know, like uh, characters that they're playing, like, uh, you know, even though like the one guy that played like Martin Luther King, you know, he's like really good at acting. Then they're like, what was it like to be Dr. K Dr. King? And he's like, well, you know, as a, as a civil rights activist, you have to place yourself into a certain frame of mind in Birmingham, Alabama during that particular period. I imagined, <laughs> like, what? Yeah. How did this happen? So, so the movie, so the show that I was thinking was uh, Homeland, right? You remember Homeland? So many, Damian Lewis is English. The uh, the black guy that plays the CIA director is is English. And then on all those interviews, it was the same thing. Well, what's it like playing the CIA director? Well, well, it's a bit, it's a bit troubling here and there. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to also call out, some of our UK fans are very upset at how we do British accents. So I just want to, I just want well, to acknowledge Cena, that. Yours is really bad. What? Yours is like particularly <laughs> bad. <laughs> yours is very, hello, I'll God, not. Yours is very <laughs> not nice. Well, it's, it's even happening in, it's even happening in rap. Like you listen to 21 Savage music, but if you ever heard him talk, he's like, well, you know, growing up as a young chap outside. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we have another do we have another interview with Naveen? We had to make a decision very early on about the depth and the intensity of this kind of relationship. Yeah. You know, what bound them? Yeah. What bound them together? And what did bind them together? Uh, a certain sense of safety, mm. security. And um, I, I felt that he was besotted with her, hopelessly mm. besotted mm -hmm. and desperately in love with her. And I think he still is. Mm. Mm. I agree with that. I need somebody to be besotted with me. I like that as an adjective for in love. I'm gonna yeah, text my wife to Amba. What is what was the yeah. word? Besotted? Besotted. Mm. I'm besought you, girl. Yeah, somebody <laughs> needs to besought me. <laughs> I didn't I didn't besought you. Wait, we we just had Valentine's Day. You guys didn't get besotted last night? I didn't get besotted, besotted. Like besotted, that's different. <laughs> I was loved on or whatever, but besought it? Mm, mm, I didn't get that. <laughs> no, I didn't. I did not deliver on that either. Yeah, most men don't. I put my leather mask on with a <laughs> zipper on the mouth, but, you know, I didn't get besotted or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, By the way, I do agree. I think they are still in love. I don't think, I think that bond is very strong. Although at the trial, she blamed so much of this on him that I don't know. It, like, I feel like love overcome something like that when you're kind of in the trenches together but who knows i also don't know who the father of the children are put him on maury sonny balwani you <laughs> are not the father oh shit oh shit oh shit that's what i thought that's what i thought that's what i and he starts doing like a crip walk or whatever that's what i want to see that's what i thought that's what i thought <laughs> that's what i thought we used a theranos machine to evaluate your DNA <laughs> and the results were mixed. They were mixed. It said, <laughs> they were mixed. One of them said you were, one said you weren't. I don't really know. You're 18% stegosaurus. <laughs> we don't know where that came from. Um, 
I'm Elizabeth Holmes, and they trying to say that Sonny Balwani <laughs> is the father of my child, but I would never, ever have a child with him. Everybody knows that my child is... Is 100%... Look at that nose. Everyone knows that my child is 100% Caucasian, and it's like a little brown baby. Yeah, yeah, it's like the brownest kid ever. I'd like to take my baby on Maury to find out the real DNA, what's going on here. <laughs> so Elizabeth Holmes famously started wearing a black turtleneck every day to emulate her hero, Steve Jobs, and not just any turtleneck either. <gasps> Holmes tracked down the exact same Aisimiyaki tunics that Jobs famously wore in his keynote speeches. She claims that she had been wearing black turtlenecks since she was seven, and it wasn't because of Jobs, it's because she's a liar. <laughs> yeah it's like there's only one explanation for a girl her age growing like we're wearing black turtlenecks it's like i'm super into like audrey hepburn for yeah, some yeah. Reason. yes yeah. i'm super into that that's it a those are the daria options. fan maybe i don't know yeah I love daria. Turtlenecks. yeah that's why i wear turtlenecks to be honest yeah. i'm sorry i went into my my elizabeth home voice i didn't mean to just when i talk about her it happens it might happen again sorry guys Sunny had the same peculiarity of an everyday outfit. But instead of an outfit designed not to steal focus like the turtleneck, Sunny went the other way. He, he typically wore designer white shirts with puffy sleeves and always with the first three buttons undone. No sport coat and no slacks for that matter. He was an acid wash jeans kind of guy. He typically paired these with Gucci loafers. He also frequently poured on the cologne. And all of this would give the appearance of a playboy spilling out of a nightclub and not the high-powered businessman who could not stop earning degrees that he was. He's wearing oh that my gosh. noir in there. <laughs> he got that jupe. The black suede he's from stink. Avon Cologne. He's stink. I've seen this man at the club absolutely positively. The puffy sleeves, the Gucci loafers, no socks. Absolutely no socks. Acid wash jeans, disgraceful. This man <laughs> is a menace to society in more ways than one. <laughs> Sonny also boasted of his abilities much like a six-year-old would. He claimed to have written a million lines of code while working at Microsoft, despite the fact that while he worked there, Microsoft was creating the Windows operating system at an average of a thousand lines of code per year. The figure was hard to believe, especially considering that the dude worked in the sales department. <laughs> I hate this guy. I it's hate like, Elizabeth Holmes, but this guy sucks. It's yeah, it's like a guy working in the like at the Verizon store, being like, "I created the five G network <laughs> last weekend." <laughs> it's like, bro, you sell flip phones. <laughs> oh my god! In two thousand six, Theranos started working to help with the swine flu outbreak. Balwani traveled to Thailand. <laughs> this guy sucks. I'm sorry. It's so funny. Balwani traveled to Thailand to set up a so-called swine flu testing outpost. Employees of the operation and Thai locals were on to the fact that Balwani's operations were shady. <laughs> what? <laughs> he was paying bribes to obtain samples from infected patients to skew testing results. Uh, the jig was up after an early Theranos investor traveled to Thailand with Bawani to see the swine flu testing outposts, but came back almost immediately without the businessman. You know, I think one thing that I, uh, we've said a lot is like it takes more effort to lie and cheat a lot of times, like Lou Pearlman to run that entire like multi-decade long Ponzi scheme. But frankly, I think Sonny really cut the corners. He cut the right corners. He was like, I'm just going to lie about these lab results. I'm not going to do anything again. I'm going to bribe people to get me the stuff that I want. And I'm just going to just completely bullshit every result possible. I don't know. At least he was doing it. Efficiently, I guess. Was it efficient? I don't know. He didn't have to do all that. He could have left those swine flu people alone. That's true. <laughs> he could have absolutely left them alone. Why did you just stay in America? <laughs> Sit here and eat your food. Yeah. <sighs> so also, he's a rich man. He's got he's got yeah. millions and millions of dollars. He could have left well enough alone. Yeah. After the first suing of the IRS or whatever he did back there, he could have just said, I'm out the game. But this man <laughs> knows no bounds. 
for someone so ostensibly silly. Sonny was a fucking tyrant behind closed doors. Around his office grew a culture of fear and intimidation. He yelled. He fired scientists who asked too many questions, probably because he didn't have any good answers. He had no background in medicine or laboratory science. All he knew is that he was in charge and there were secrets to keep. One scientist, Seth Michelson, who we'll hear from in part two, described being thrown out of the building by guards after handing in his resignation letter. Sonny didn't even allow him to retrieve his personal belongings until Michelson involved a lawyer. At one point, the grandson of former Secretary of State George Schultz became an employee. Tyler Schultz was given a full-time position on the diagnostic team, and he soon encountered problems with the test results. Despite the erroneous results, reports were being documented in the internal statistics department while data was being altered. Schultz noticed that no one was exactly aware of the way quote-unquote Edison worked. Even the inspectors were denied access to the laboratory where the machines were installed. This was because blood tests there were not run through Theranos' own devices, but through third-party equipment. Yeah, this is uh, wild. If you uh, guys um, listen to the John Carreyrou podcast on this, they go through a whole thing about Schultz's grandson and how it really rocked the family. Um, it's very sad how this company like, tore up a family as well. I know they're like multi, 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 multi-millionaires, but at the same time, it's still sad when you see a family break up when Tyler was just trying to say to his grandfather, this is a fraud. This, this is, is not is real all a fraud. This is all yeah. fake. They've scammed you. Ugh. Well, Schultz also tried to draw attention to the company's internal problems. He tried to talk to Holmes, but his concerns were not taken seriously, and she refused to grant him a second discussion. Holmes asked him to summarize his observations in an email. And when he did, the reply came from Balwani himself, who insulted and threatened Schultz in the email. Schultz turned to his grandfather, who sat on the board of Theranos, who didn't believe him at first. And Tyler Schultz was advised to quit the company by his family, and the situation culminated in a meeting at his grandfather's house where Theranos lawyers urged him to sign a confidentiality agreement. He refused. It was this bullying behavior that provided Holmes with the ability to perpetuate this fraud as long as she did. Elizabeth Holmes certainly didn't possess the power of intimidation that Balwani possessed, Sure, he was short, but we all know what those guys are like. They're like Cena, you know? <laughs> They'll shoot you as soon as they look at you with those eyes. Big Joe Pesci energy, you know? Balwani was the bulldog at the door to the Holmes office. You understand what I'm saying? Aww. Their email was like, hey, maybe maybe you don't understand what we do here. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you'll go to the lab, you test your results, and maybe I'll come in that lab and I'll crack your head open. How about that? And then as soon as you're waking up out of a coma, hopefully I'm getting out of jail and I'll be there to crack your head again. I'll take because two I'm to three stupid. drops of your blood. You understand what I'm saying? Two to three drops. We'll find out what's wrong with you. Yeah. It's me. A lab assistant named Erica Chung worked at Theranos for six months starting in 2013 before also discovering that the faulty test results were being erased. When she had her own blood tested by a Theranos machine, the results indicated a vitamin D deficiency that conventional tests disproved. She fucked up and brought the problems to the attention of Balwani. And guess what? He exploded. He questioned her competence, okay? Chung was intimidated to the point of resigning, but that wasn't enough for Balwani. He began harassing Chung. He hired a private investigator who <gasps> followed her wherever she went. She later said that she felt so threatened and monitored that she changed her residence several times and got a prepaid phone so her calls could not be monitored. God. This poor woman got a burner. She did. For this 5'7 man, I hate it here. In 2015, both Chung and Schultz became whistleblowers. Chung went to the government and Schultz ran to a journalist to tell their story. The bullying and intimidation were one thing, but more important was the fact that the damn machine did not work and they were lying about it the whole time. Theranos wasn't even using its own machines for the blood test because the Edison device provided unreliable results. And this is when things started to unravel. I guess you could say it was a con Edison, 
That's that joke is only okay. funny to people that live in New York City. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah it's such that's a true. regional tri-state area. <laughs> Look it up. Yeah. You guys can look it up. It's fine. Google it. Con Edison exists. It's a good joke, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> when Bawani has a secret, he'll do anything to protect it. We'll be right back after this break with the fallout of this massive swindle. Suffering from aches and pains? The all-new Tempur-Pedic Adapt Mattress eases your pressure points all night, every night. Now, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets at TempurPedic.com. Select adjustable mattress sets only. Lesser savings may apply. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff, like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Fluffy bread, fresh tortillas, classic burger buns, and so many carbs. Carb fear is real, but Hero Bread makes healthier versions of the carb-heavy favorites we love the most. We're talking fewer calories, 0 to 2 grams net carbs, 0 grams of sugar, and seriously great taste. Plus more of the dietary fiber and protein you want. No compromise. Don't skip out on your favorites. Just use Hero Bread. Get 10% off your order at Hero.co with code Hero10 at checkout. That's Hero10 at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Welcome back to Fraudsters and our deep dive into Theranos fraudster, Sonny Balwani. Before break, we were talking about how this tiny man walked tall and carried a big stick. Balwani had a temper and wasn't afraid to use it. Likewise, the U.S. government has a little bit of a temper and they will destroy you. In 2018, the SEC charged both Balwani and Holmes with security fraud, accusing them of raising more than $700 million based on exaggerated or false claims about the company. A few months later, a federal grand jury charged a pair with 10 counts of wire fraud and two counts of conspiracy to commit wire fraud. According to a document available to the public through the U.S. Attorney's Office website, on June 14, 2018, a grand jury returned an indictment recharging Elizabeth Holmes and Ramesh Sunny Balwani with crimes in connection with their respective involvement in two multi-million dollar schemes to promote Theranos, a private healthcare and life sciences company based in Palo Alto, California. The indictment was superseded on July 14, 2020, and again on July 28, 2020. Alleged in the indictment was that Balwani and Holmes used advertising and solicitation to encourage doctors and patients to use Theranos blood testing services. The government claims they were aware that Theranos could not deliver on its promise to provide accurate and reliable blood test results. They also conveniently left out information about the problems with their technology when touting the business to doctors, patients, and worst of all, big pocket investors. Which is funny, like, this is the big pocket investors is what got them all the prison time, not, like, the potential risk to all of these patients and then, like, the lying to the doctors and stuff. That is, I guess, good business. We tricked you. (laughs) Good business. We tricked you. It's America. The indictment also alleges that the defendants used a combination of direct communications, marketing materials, statements to the media, financial statements, models, and other information to defraud potential investors. Specifically, the defendants claimed that Theranos developed a revolutionary and proprietary analyzer that the defendants referred to by various names, including as the TSPU, Edison, or Minilab. It furthers that the two knew their representations of the analyzer were falsified. 
Evidence showed that Balwani represented to the investors that Theranos would generate over $100 million in revenues and break even in 2014, and that Theranos <laughs> expected <laughs> to generate approximately $1 billion in revenues in 2015. Okay. In truth, Theranos resorted to using conventional machines bought from third parties to perform much of Theranos' blood testing, and Balwani knew Theranos would generate only negligible or modest revenues in 2014 and 2015. This is Sonny's lawyer's take on the case. Sonny Balwani's attorney, Jeff Coopersmith, agreed to join us for his first in-depth on-camera interview. If you were going to give him a grade on the job he did at Theranos, what would that grade be? I would give him an A plus for <laughs> dedication and effort. But obviously when we look at this after the fact and there's been a business failure and you know, Mr. Balwani is very sorry about that, but that's not fraud. It seems like a central component of your case is that Theranos was on the right track and if they had enough time, they would have gotten it 100% right. I think eventually the company would have been a, a great success if it had been allowed to run. When it comes to our health, People want to know it's 100% accurate day one. They want to know that what's inside of a Walgreens or at their doctor's office can actually do what it says it will do. You know, Rebecca, of course that's true. I think, though, the unfortunate thing is that in our system of healthcare, there's mistakes that are made every day. There's no perfect answer. Oops, turns out that's cancer. People make mistakes every day, B. <laughs> Yeah. A plus in dedication. What? A plus. Stop. Stop. Oh, my God. And a B minus in right crosses to the face of scientists who ask, why are these results not match what actually happened here? Palwani chose to be tried separately from Holmes. It did not help. This past yeah. December, Balwani was sentenced to nearly 13 years in federal prison for fraud that risks patient health by misrepresenting the accuracy of Theranos blood analysis technology, and that defrauded Theranos investors of millions of dollars. He was convicted on 12 felony counts of conspiracy and fraud, two counts of conspiracy to commit wire fraud, and 10 counts of wire fraud. Balwani did not testify in his defense, which is not super surprising considering that this dude's mouth is an iron trap. In addition to the prison sentence, U.S. District Judge Davia sentenced Balwani to three years of supervision following his release from prison. The prosecution pushed for 15 years due to Balwani's role in preparing financial projections, his role in deals with Walgreens and investor communications, and autonomy within the Theranos lab. The prosecution also sought that Balwani pay $804 million in restitution. The prosecution suggested that at times Holmes led the conspiracy while at other times it was Balwani. Balwani's legal team suggested that Balwani only received probation. Okay. It's just crazy. It's like the state's like, you need to pay nearly a billion dollars. And the Balwani's team is like, what if he just went to timeout for a day? What if, yeah. <laughs> what if he cleaned the side of the road? Come on. Yeah. You got to do yard work for a year. <laughs> and, and, when, and, and the judge is like, and when you get out of prison for three years, we're going to make sure that you can't get any Axe body spray or shirts that open up. <laughs> Not a single Gucci loafer will be purchased from you, sir. Yeah. Not a single drop of jupe in your home. <laughs> Removed. <laughs> I love jupe. Before imposing Mr. Balwani's sentence, Judge Davia reflected on Mr. Balwani's educational and business history, saying that the executive's prior successes made his actions at Theranos tragic. This was a successful business. The idea was strong, Judge Shevila said, referring to Theranos. But when problems at the company arose, Mr. Balwani chose to go forward with deception. Judge Davila noted that the financial statements drawn up by Balwani weren't just projections, they were lies and a true flight from honest business practices. So this is like this thing that I keep going back to is that Balwani was the cold-hearted capitalist guy that was that was ripping everyone off. And Elizabeth was the one that was like the big thinker that got taken advantage of, that did some bad stuff, but not as bad. I don't know. I don't know either. But I also think, I mean, other than her being like a white blonde girl, 
maybe her age had something to do with it too, where they felt like she was, she's just like an, a young girl that had like a lot of ideas, like poor her. <laughs> I mean, which is possible, I guess, but also no, <laughs> not possible. Yeah. No, girl not bosses possible. do fraud too. I don't know. I, I'd like to think both things can be true and they're in and of themselves. And I think you get so deep into these things. You don't know. When you've already committed to something so wrong and so fraudulent, then I think anything's possible, I guess. Because the scale of this is so big. Yeah, it's huge. But at a certain point, she also knew the deal. She knew that it wasn't working, so... Yeah. And we'll I, talk I, to I, Seth Michelson about this too, but like they could have just been a research place. Yeah. They, they didn't need to do this. Everyone would have been supportive. Maybe they wouldn't, she wouldn't have been like the third wealthiest person or whatever, the fastest billionaire, whatever it was. Uh, but still would have had not been in prison, not had to get pregnant twice to get <sighs> people to sympathize with her. I guess the argument could be made that she would not have gotten into fraud if she did not meet him. If she didn't get yeah. involved with him, she might've like had this idea and kept going with it and done the research thing, like you said, but he maybe strong armed her into the fraud. And at that point she couldn't get out. I guess that's possible. I think it's, yeah, I think it's almost maybe one more step. It's like this fraud would not have been as big. Maybe she was just like going to be like a basic scammer, a basic yeah. like delusional San Francisco startup person. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then like he was like, no, I can I could take you to the next level. Yeah, I think there is something in between that is what happened there. Yeah. The exact restitution amount has yet to be decided, and he is scheduled to surrender and begin his sentence in March 2023. At this point, I'd like to talk about Elizabeth Holmes' trial, because until this point, the story of Theranos was a shared story. At first, they were afraid the world would see this little white girl and this little old brown fraudster and think twice about investing, so they hid their relationship. But the story of Theranos involves these two people majorly intertwined. This crime needed these two people to make this story so interesting, to attract attention, and to hold it so vigorously that Elizabeth would have enough time to become a billionaire. But when it all goes poof, their trials become separate, and the instinct is to attack and blame the other party, because why the hell wouldn't you? And ultimately, the story begins with a 37-year-old man meeting an 18-year-old girl, and that sucks for Bawani. <laughs> Elizabeth Holmes painted Balwani as her abuser at her trial. As a result, she received 11 years in prison, which is two less than Balwani. Of the things that came to light at trial, much of it involved Balwani being the aggressor. Holmes had been raped at Stanford prior to meeting Balwani, and when she later disclosed to him the trauma of her rape, Balwani said, quote, that I was safe now that I had met him. Holmes went on to paint a picture of how Balwani both coached and controlled her, criticizing everything from the tone of her voice in meetings to being too feminine and behaving, quote, like a little girl. He told me that I didn't know what I was doing in business, that my convictions were wrong, that he was astonished at my mediocrity. Actually, excuse me. <clears throat> he told me that I didn't know what I was doing in business, that my convictions were wrong, that he <laughs> was astonished at my mediocrity. He told me that I needed to kill the person I was to become successful. Which, I mean, she kind of did. She did. <laughs> she became whatever that was. Yeah. <laughs> Holmes also described a pattern of sexual abuse that she endured from Balwani. Holmes alleged that Balwani would get, quote, very angry with me, and then he would sometimes come upstairs to our bedroom, and he would force me to have sex with him when I didn't want to because he would say that he wanted me to know that he still loved me. Oh, my God. This is so creepy. What a psycho. But this might not be the end of the story for our boy. Fraudsters has a tendency to die in prison, but a decade from now, Bawani could be freed from prison and go right back to defrauding people. Uh, we can only hope. While there are so many fraudsters in this world, there are so few for whom the future looks so sunny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to come back next week with part two with our interview with Seth and some other little tidbits from that love story of Sunny and Elizabeth. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Fraudsters. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Check out the show notes for this show's social media links so you can follow us and see the resources we use for this episode. Fraudsters is hosted by me, Sina Gaznavi, Justin Williams, and Ariel Lieti. Producer is Jordan Oconcia. 
Production coordinator is Noreen Malik. Editor is Ryan Connor. Our writer is Nick Turner. Our legal researcher is Robert Rosigliano. Our biographical researcher is Emily Fusco. Music by Grant Gordon. Executive producer is me, Sina Gaznavi. This has been a production of Zero Cool and The Last Podcast Network. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Sofas, recliners, love seats, everything is better in leather. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley, where bold meets durable. And wait a minute, who's been finger painting on a couch again? That's okay, leather is easy to clean. The new leather collection at Ashley is built with the durability you need for the whole family. Yes, pets too. Luxury is meant to be livable. Shop chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.